You kind of sound like Christopher Walken. Sending you back to to your box. What happened to me? Hey, don't poke fun. Hey, Uh, I had this watch. (laughs) Up my ass. Everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. This is Jeff. It is episode 159. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Great to see you, Scott. Oh, Scotty. Andy, how's it going? Spill the beer on the gear. Yes, he did. <laughs> and Scott is AWOL tonight. He's just a workaholic. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. I've never done that before. I've never... Uh... I've never literally spe- spilled gear, beer on the gear. I can't yeah. even say it now. That's you, how emotional well, it I am. flustered you. I know. I'm emotional. I've about. actually never seen you flustered, and you were flustered. There, I mean, Tom Foolery is afoot, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, I I did move quickly um, and used swear words. But for the listener, uh, right before we were getting ready to get started here, uh, mere seconds away from hitting record, I figured out a way to knock my beer off of the desk onto where this little section next to the desk where all of the gear is you slap that three weavers i slapped this three weavers expatriate beer which is delicious yeah, and i is. wasted a good chunk of it but actually i <laughs> saved i've still got half the can left but it got agitated and over bubbly so now it's going to flatten out quicker so you'll we got a couple more chambered ready to go <laughs> whenever you're done with that one <laughs> this is a and powerful beer too you know it's a good a good reminder that every home studio needs uh, a sham wow. <laughs> no one said that word for 15 years. No. <laughs> Which this episode is not brought to you by ShamWow. There's yeah. no way the guy who did those commercials was not high on crack cocaine. Oh, I think he got in trouble for cocaine and hitting a stripper. <laughs> ShamWow! <laughs> he was intense. Yeah, now, he was. to be fair, he hit her with a ShamWow. <laughs> Which it was a rat tail. He's just like, was it dry or wet? That's a big difference. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, that's that was the peak of technology back in the uh, early nineties. Was people were really impressed by a rag that could soak up a lot of liquid. Yeah, yeah. And so you did mention expatriate. That was my pregame beer. It it is really great. Three Weavers in L.A. Mm-hmm. El Segundo, I think. When which we, which we means were, the segundo. When we were coming down from wherever we were, I don't know if, you know, up in... It was probably after a mammoth trip. Yeah. Did we hit three weavers? Yes. Is that what the... Oh, oh man. Yeah. Just, you know... Or no, we were coming down from somewhere else. Yeah. But whatever. The industrial... industrial it was great to the be there. garage, you know, we, we opened them up. Yep. Oh, I think we went... We also went to three weavers when I went to go pick up that guitar in L.A., Yes. And that's when my truck had a mind of its own. Andy brought me along to protect him from going to downtown LA. He needed a wingman. Yes. And so I went there and I did a bunch of push-ups so my muscles looked bigger and <laughs> we ended up at three weavers. But my truck was doing something weird. There was an electrical short out, remember? And it would like... Accelerate on its own. Yes. Like we'd be drive. stopped at a light and it would be like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. good. Just kind of leap forward or actually start no, taking it would, off. I don't know the difference, but it would try to drive forward on its own. It not, would like, not like an idle. You know, when it's idling, the engine's kind of going. Right. It would like, mm. it would, it was like idling, but on steroids. And so it would oh, actually lurch forward what? unless you hit the brake. The yeah. brake would overcome it. But it didn't sound great, and it's not ideal. That doesn't sound safe. It, yeah, it wasn't a feature that I had paid for. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but we survived, and that guitar is great. It is great. It's <laughs> that's gold. It's I a know. golden Strat. That was my fortieth birthday present to myself. Great story, guys. An American Stratocaster. Like yes. Yeah. If you don't stop us, we're gonna go for days on this <laughs> music shit. It's the golden guitar over there. It's made with real gold. Actually, they imported the gold dust uh, from Bethel in Redding, California. And so it's it's a really worshipful guitar. It's been prayed over. Hashtag blessed. Definitely. But I also have an Alesmith Brewing Company collaboration with Stone Brewing Company. Alesmith's name is on top. Um, Stone whores themselves out with these collabs. Yeah. So I'm, I think they're like, they're realizing they're kind of the old guy. Ooh. Uh, or gal. But since most brewers are guys, we'll just say guy. Isn't the Beechwood uh, brewer? No. Never mind. Continue. Um, but but yeah, I was going to say Stone. Yeah, I think they're trying to rediscover their coolness. They were they were legit. Yeah, uh, California. They were the one the flagship Stone IPA, Ruination. They still make some great beers, uh, but they just they branched out and started compromising against their own brand, um, which is their right. But when you make a a big deal about not making a uh, yellow fizzy beer for wussies and then you start making yellow fizzy beer i won't say it's for wussies because right. i enjoy a yellow fizzy beer here and there or maybe i'm a wussy i don't care but anyways um some would say they lost their way a little bit but alesmith is on top of this can and so i'm guessing maybe it was their idea or maybe they their lawyers are better because they they got top billing well Alesmith, Stone Brewing. I got to say, when I looked at that can, the only thing I saw was the stone emblem about two thirds down. The gargoyle. Yeah. That they almost said Argyle. The Alesmith didn't even, I didn't even see that. And it's in big, bold letters. It's bigger than anything on the can. Anyway, it's to wrap this up. And then we got a brief bit of feedback. And then Jeff's got something special cooked up for us. Um, it's called Dual Exposure. It's a double India pale ale with hibiscus and citrus. And I have had this before. It is almost pinkish. It sort of looks like a cider type thing. And the taste... Really? The hibiscus... Oh, excuse me. The hibiscus really kind of changes it. Oh, get it on the mic. It's not... It's not my favorite. Uh, I literally it's different. Was, and they tried. What's the girly color? I literally just tried to suck beer out of the microphone input. <laughs> Would you wait for us to get the video rolling? I'm finding it. Actually, Jeff, oh my you brought gosh. your Geiger counter, right? Let's run it over. Uh, I was like, that Andy. looks like there's a little bit of liquid down by the microphone input. Oh, no. I got to suck that out. I it's like my mouth on it. This is effectively the venom that's been bitten on the leg of an old miner that I found in a cave. And if I don't suck it out, he's going to die. Well, in your defense, that old miner was expensive and it's got flashing lights and lots of knobs. So you, know, you might want to suck that speaking out. Speaking about sucking, I, I, I was sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. Let's earn that E. I was sucking tonight and I was sucking the washer drain tube trying to get crap out i get home i get home and my wife tells me something's wrong with the washer that's not draining and so i start sucking on that hose clean i'm cleaning stuff out and then i grab the little black hose that's coming out there and it usually you just kind of it'll water will drain out and i stick like a piece of metal up there and it's like mud and soot and sand and it's just i can hear it and i'm like 
okay. So I poured a little water in there and kind of loosened up with something my wife had given me. And I'm like, this isn't working. Put my mouth, I don't know why, put my mouth over the rubber tube and and sucked out. You know what they call that in the business? I don't want to know. Satan's milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> In the uh, the washer dryer repair business, yeah, in the washer dryer. Uh, hey, uh, you get a hold of the Satan's milkshake the other day, man. Uh, I, I, this, I, I I I fear, and I would look forward to uh, calling a washer repair guy, having him come out, and then being like, "Oh, the guy's here," and going out in the backyard where our washer is. And seeing his mouth over the rubber he's, tube. He's, all, what he's kind like, of, oh, you just didn't suck hard enough. He's asking a couple <laughs> questions over the phone. You're describing. He's like, wait, you haven't tried Satan's milkshake, have you? What kind of situation are we looking at here? This sounds like a Satan's milkshake situation. You guys stop it. <laughs> I charge double time for that, bro. Sorry. Anyway. Satan's milkshake? 500 bucks an hour. What would probably cost us maybe $10 <laughs> sucking? I'm just going to buy a new LG I know, tomorrow. You're like, Son, come here. It's time to be come a man. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. No, know. Andy. I don't know. It's Satan's milkshake, though. That, that feels like that's what really what it should be called. All right, let's get to something better. Anyway. Zach? Jack? What's happening? What's happening, Are things Zach? happening? <laughs> Have we had enough fun, guys? Yeah. Oh, that's All good. Right. Uh, but you, we had a chance to check out. We've got a recent review. Oh we do gosh. actually, and I think your story, Jeff, is timely because it proves that you are not the smartest member of Bros Bibles <laughs> and beer. Because <laughs> I, I just lost a hammer in my eardrum. It's not. Uh, it's not terrible. It's not terrible considering, yeah, it's not plugged in. Listener, uh, yeah, we're we're trying to do more than we should be doing right now. And uh, Zach just held his phone up to the microphone. That's the kind of high tech yep. you should be looking for. All right. Apple Podcasts, leave your reviews there or anywhere else that gives you the option to review our podcast. But Named up Apple Podcast. Yes. They're the King Mac Datties. Actually, they're the only ones, right? You can't leave a... You can't leave I think there's anywhere. a couple other apps that you can, but it's not aggregated. Apple, yeah, a- Apple pushes. You know, they're the everything goes through them, unless you're Spotify or you're attempting to be Spotify, or you're Spotify attempting to be Apple. Okay, Scott is the smartest. Is the subject of this? Um, All right, that review. cancel this. This is done. I don't want to hear it. It's written by an S. Holby. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> No, it's from T Nizzle seven seven seven. That's God's number. Uh, this has to be one of the best podcasts out there. The thought provoking topics and guests are amazing. Can't remember the podcast number, but the one on sex trafficking was eye opening. The one ha. with David Zock. The heck was that, Andy? For a second, I thought that Scott wasn't on that one. Uh, <laughs> it was Jeff that wasn't on that Jeff one. Jeff wasn't. Nope. I, knew, I knew someone wasn't. And for some reason, I thought it was <laughs> Scott. Uh, can't remember the podcast number, but the one on the sex. Thank you for being that. Thank you for bringing that into the light. 
Would highly recommend this pod to anyone. Also, Scott is the smartest of all the bros. How dare you? God. Well, clearly that's a garbage review. <laughs> he he might be the smartest, but being smart doesn't make you have good theology, and his theology sucks. And I'll say that I'll say that to his face, but I'll say it especially now because he's not here. I also say that recognizing that I'm probably in the minority in terms of theology <laughs> well the thing that i'm most impressed by is that um a scott took the time to leave a review thank and, you scott and b he took the time to obfuscate his name and uh create a different screen name so t nizzle t nizzle that's both of those things way to go scott you do care and you're doing your homework so thanks for supporting the podcast and if you want to be like scott leave us a rating and a review uh <laughs> apple Podcasts, and you can connect in all the socials at bros bibles beer and we promise we'll read it even the bad ones, man. And also the voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash pod. That's where you leave it. And those are, I, I actually really like those. The last one that we read from a listener, whose name I forget. Oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my brain tongue. It's, a, it's an interesting name. Anyway, uh, I thought that was really cool. That's that's fun. and it, And it made me want to figure out how we can somehow... Uh, achieve your your dream, Zach, which is yeah. What is your dream, Zach? Uh, live YouTube stream where people oh, yeah. can, oh, people can yes. comment, they can see us in real time. Yeah, yeah. We're we working should, on that. Oh, and we should have. So when we have that live feed, we should have a for the people who don't know us, who's who. Like, oh, like don't even lower- tell anybody during at the beginning of the live feed who's who and do a poll. Oh, and then interesting. have people try and uh, guess, you know, who's the funny guy? Who's the a-hole? Match the voice with the face. That's good. Who's the smart guy? I don't know how we do that. Trick um, question. It's all the same person. Continue. That's yeah. It's a hive mind. <laughs> We're all one body. What was that radio? There was a guy who used to do that and he used to mess with people. Oh, uh, Phil Hendry. Phil Hendry. Oh, he was great. Yeah. I got caught up in Phil Hendry. Did he you not know? Live and I got toasted. You you didn't know. Yeah. And Wait, you called in? Yeah. You called in? I did. He got you? He got me hardcore. Oh my gosh. I, I was yelling at him. He called Mia Ham a Chinese girl. He's like, who are these? We have a Chinese girl on our team. I'm like, Mia Ham's the best soccer player. And I called up. He had me rolling and rolling. Oh, dude. Uh, what's funny he is like, a, like a week later, I went into uh, some some offices and my uncle uh, had a business and I was talking to one of his associates and um, I told him my name. He goes, wait a second. And he had heard me on Phil Henry. How long ago? Oh, wait. Oh my How gosh. much time had passed? Between? This is a lo- like a week. Oh, okay. We have got to track that down. Yeah. Somehow. We need to find that. We need oh, the God, audio. No. That is comedy. I gold. believe Phil Henry is still, uh, he's got a this podcast was t- show. This was show. 20 years ago. He's on some like uh, Cartoon Network. Uh, really? He's the voice of some cart. Yes. Oh, some yeah. Some character on totally. car- Cartoon Network. What am I saying? Of course he is. Yeah. I feel like maybe Rick and Morty. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but that's awesome. That's awesome that he got you. <sighs> oh, my gosh. So you, I imagine, I I could probably set the scene. It's it's you just like randomly 
driving late at night, listening and, to KFI. And yeah, I love to listen to KFI. AM six forty. It was it was it on KFI. He was on KFI. I think so. Fifty thousand. So six forty a.m. And then and then it was afternoon. It was afternoon. No, no, he was evening. Mm, I thought. No, Phil Henry was, was totally evening. It was like four or five o'clock. No, that's John and Ken. Twenty years ago, maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah. I got my time wrong, but it was Phil Henry show. I know that for sure. And so it just, and you didn't know what you were getting into. You just nope. were like, who is this? What? Yep. I just randomly came back to KFI and started listening. And you are a soccer guy. Oh, yeah. Big time soccer big guy. Time. You coach big, big, club big teams. Yeah. I mean, I bought a hundred, hundred tickets for my club for when the World Cup played here. I had my whole girls club nice. go and we, and so big into soccer. So yeah. this guy was trashing me a ham. Oh my gosh. He just re- just reeled me in, reeled so, me in. Uh, interesting uh, fact, fun fact. There, Mia Ham purchased Lindsay, my wife's grandmother's former house in Manhattan Beach. Wow, Man. nice. She bought their house. Well, there's that's a cool. So there you go. It's so a that, So your story is meaningful to me on multiple levels, Jeff. <laughs> Did she look Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> Did she marry uh, Nomar? No, 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 no. She no. She. Am married... I get, do I get the wrong? Did she marry a baseball player or no? Did she not? Who married know. Noma? Uh, Noma Garcia Para. Uh, there was a, he married a soccer player. You're right on. You're right okay, on that. So was I, it I, Mia Ham? If only oh, there was okay. a device. Oh well. Okay. Anyway, sorry about that, listener. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> this has been Jeff's. Okay. Two minutes of soccer. Yeah. Uh, all right, so a couple of weeks ago, and this is rel- so topic tonight. This is relative or relatable. Sorry, relatable to what's going on today, um, this past year, and COVID. This, yeah, this has to do. Me too. This has to do with one persecution, persecution of Christians, um, or how we're not persecuted. Um, at least today, and all of the crying and whining that is going on of Ooh, shots fired. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. Crying and whining. Crying what? and whining about how chur- the churches are being attacked. The churches are being attacked by the government and being told <clears throat> can't have church. Oh, and, and and so I'm kind of as a result of COVID right. guidelines, the the shutdown of of. Uh, and the whining, worship, worship in buildings, basically, and, right? And the whining you're referring to churches, yes, yeah, a lot of like, and you know, if you look, if you looked on social media, you would have seen like, you know, I can't believe they're shutting churches down. Like, yeah. you know, this is against our, you know, uh, freedom of religion, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're not allowing us to meet and blah right. blah. Right. All right. So, <clears throat> I'm listening to. Uh, a message by Matt Chandler. It's the village church in Dallas. And he was, he started a 12 week series, uh, several weeks ago and it was on revelation. And, and so I'm going to just pull a couple clips here. Um, but this first one, it's several minutes. Um, and then we can kind of get our thoughts here. Okay. This is about courage and you don't get courage by going in 3000 years. That's going to be fine. 
right? So it's a letter. And, and here's when it was, it was written around 96 AD at a time where it had been three decades of intense persecution. If you did the Acts study in men's or women's Bible study, uh, you know that for an extended period of time there, man, the church was doing really well. The, over and over in the book of Acts, you'll say, and the Lord added to their number daily. And you see these big kind of epic 5,000 people here, 10,000 people here, 8,000 people, and the church was just booming, right? It was spreading. Paul was planting churches all over the ancient world and, and things were happening. And then Nero in 65 AD launches the first wave of persecution against the Christian church that wasn't, sure. that wasn't based on kind of the religious rulers in the Pharisaic and, and Sadducee parties, but, but governmental persecution by the Roman Empire. Uh, the church kind of clenched, rallied, prayed, continued to serve the poor, continued to walk in power, continued to share the gospel in the hopes that, that, that Nero's kind of regime of terror would give way. And unfortunately it did to Vespian in 67. He used Christians as human torches. He would dip them in oil and light them on fire. They were imprisoned. They were fed to animals. They were brutalized. And, and this is, in 2020, you were not persecuted. You had your preferences pressed on. I'm not saying that's not significant. I'm not saying you don't need to speak up about that. What I'm saying is don't call it persecution, right? It's an assault on our preferences, maybe even an assault on liberty, but, but it is not persecution, not, not in any biblical sense of that world, uh, word. I don't mean to agitate you. All right, so now they're hanging on. Okay, maybe, maybe when, when Vespian's out, maybe it will get better. And 70 AD might have been the darkest year in Christian history for followers of Jesus Christ. It was in 70 AD that Jerusalem was destroyed and, and burnt to the ground. And on, in that year of 70 AD, listen to this, Paul, Peter, and Timothy were all publicly executed. Now those are some hitters in the first century church, isn't it? Uh, like, what if right now, after this is over, you pulled up your device and you're like, oh my gosh, I governmental authorities just drug John Piper out of his church and put a bullet in his head. And Tim Keller and Tony Evans, they pulled them all out in the street and they blew their brains out in front of everybody. Like, that's what happened here in one year. And then like, okay, maybe, maybe it'll get better under the next guy, but it doesn't. In 92, Domitian was made emperor and he ordered all the citizens of Rome to worship him as God, set up a temple in Rome. And if you had the means, you were expected to travel to Rome, go into Domitian's um, temple, pick up a pinch of incense and throw it on the fire and say, Caesar is Lord. When, when we say, don't get political, what do you think's happening when the early church said, Jesus is Lord? You don't think that's kind of counter-cultural? Uh, you don't think they're standing in stark opposition in that moment? The mission's like, and then here's, he set up a series of laws. Some of the, most of those laws were around um, the, the persecution of Christians. One, namely, was that if any Christian was brought under any charge in front of any tribunal, that if that Christian would not renounce his faith, that faith then they would, they would suffer the far extent of whatever they were supposed to, right? This is what the church is under. And this is why when next week, when we talk about the seven letters to the churches, you understand why they're not doing so great. I mean, we would do great if we were in that. God, we just had to wear a mask and we'd lost our minds. <laughs> right? We would crush this. If we were back then, we'd show Rome what's up. <laughs> I, wow. You, you guys got anything? Uh, yeah, I got a few things chambered, but... Just yeah. a real, real quick, his, the three people he brought up from modern times getting shot out in the streets, all of a reformed theology bent, which... <laughs> I resemble that <laughs> remark, but whatever. <laughs> not that yeah. they're not great in their own way, but 
I know. I was like, who's Tony Evans? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. You don't know about the black guy. <laughs> Tony Evans was actually the Dallas Cowboys uh, chaplain for, oh. for many years during like the Troy Aikman years um he was a chaplain for a long time and Not he has any. and he has a church in in texas a few right. books too i think yes like uh, King, good, kingdom man or yep, something i've read kingdom man listened to him um do interviews uh great great man of god he and he's got a great great story fascinating story um i'm anyway, not in my anyway. head like i know what you're talking about <clears throat> anyway yeah. You're still thinking about your beer tarnished uh, uh, electronics over there? No, no, I've pulled myself out of that. <laughs> All already. right, good. Uh, so, okay, here's the first thought that popped in my head, which was, um, I don't disagree. Matt Chandler, Chandler, correct. I don't, I don't disagree with him trying to draw a stark contrast between what what um, persecution looked like back then versus now. What I will say is, um, and and I don't think this is chronological snobbery. I think I think things are more sophisticated now than they were two thousand years ago. What does that mean, sophisticated? And I think that, uh, and I think that it's that persecution does not need to be as blunt of an object as as dipping people in oil and lighting them on fire. So a little more passive, meaning I think it's it can be uh, more surreptitious. I think it can be more deceitful, and it can and it can be trying to to disrupt the underpinnings. Do you think of there's something. Cons- sure. do you think there's conspiring going on? I, not necessarily conspiring, but I think that um, maybe maybe not. I don't know. It, I'm not. I'm not trying to evoke conspiracy theories, but I'm. But my point is, um, in the modern age, maybe it's maybe persecution takes different formats. Maybe it looks. Maybe it looks different. Um, well, I agree. I, one, I agree with that. Syrup doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> and two, uh, I'm wondering if the pages of history. Uh, well, I know the the little slights, the small persecutions are going to kind of get lost in history. You're, they're only going to read back the, uh, I'm not disagreeing with Andy, by the way, but history is not going to record like, Oh man, that asshole just kind of like said, Oh, you're following that guy. And he gave me like a really dirty look and it sucked. Uh, that stuff doesn't get recorded in history. So, or take any like smaller persecution or little, maybe a little uh, inroad into the religious, the ability to practice your religion as an early Christ follower. That stuff doesn't get recorded. What does get recorded is lighting people on fire sure. and heads on sure. stakes and all that stuff. Um, yeah. The way that I imagine is, is if you see that you have an opposition that is pushing against you and it pushes to a certain point and you're finally like, whoa, 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 stop. Okay. And we'll back up, we'll back up five feet. But if, if we've pushed, if we've pushed seven feet and we back up five feet, well, we still gain two. And the next time that happens, and the next time that happens, eventually you're moving in a certain direction. So while it may not feel like heavy-handed persecution that is described here mm-hmm. of Nero and Domitian, at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're slow. It's a slow eroding 
Um, so maybe it's it's persecution in slow motion. Yeah, the tech companies do it all the time with their uh, privacy invasions. They go way far, and then people freak out, and they go, okay, we'll back it off. And so their terms of service get a little bit backed off, but they're still further than they were before. Yeah, right. um, yeah, this is a pattern that I think is closer to the modern age where maybe there was there was there were no checks and balances in, in, in back then, right? Like they're not to the same degree that there was today. So no you, constitution. Who was who was checking Rome during those times? Rome was responsible for checking right. Rome. And if they're taking over the world. Yeah, exactly. And if and if they're des- if their entire government is designed around a theocracy which positions the Caesar as God, then uh, who's going to argue with that? Right? So whatever that person says, light the Christians on fire, goes. So that allows them to move, <laughs> to, to effectively move the 50 yards ahead and no one pushes back at all. We don't live in a in a political structure that supports that today, and so the equivalent would be: okay, we're going to try to move this five yards ahead, and people freak out and they go, "Okay, we'll pull it back to like Zach was saying, we pull it back to four yards." Well, you still moved a yard ahead, and then the next year, oh, another five yards ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, we'll pull it back four yards. Now you're two yards ahead, and it's the slow erosion. Well, put it in terms Jeff can understand. It's how Donald Trump negotiates it's the art of the deal bro imagine mia ham was (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm playing the next clip all right i was preaching in tyler texas so uh, out east behind the pine curtain don't know if you've been there beautiful scary but a wonderful place what Um, he's preaching in tyler texas and and he writes to his son eric this is is a stunning pause real quick i'm assuming that tyler texas is not a person continue (laughs) one that resonates not just with me but with others in our congregation Why am I so uncomfortable in this world, this world being the Bible Belt? They are all on my side. They are all courteous and affirmative, but it seems to be gospel without depth, without suffering, without ambiguity, everything smoothed out and ironed and with a lot of starch in the collar. Can you pause it real quick? Oh, that's it. Hashtag nailed it. Uh, That's interesting because... Just this morning, I I went on a run. I'll wait for the applause and thank you. Uh, I went on a run this morning, uh, which for the listener, you don't know this, but these guys know this. I hate running and I hate it with a passion that uh, fuels a thousand fires. Yeah. <laughs> and you should watch him run. You would hate him running too. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, I took the dog and went on a run and I, and... I had in my mind that I was going to listen to something Christian on the run. And I, what I listened to was so vapid and generic, which was basically... Was just, it music or speaker? It was a speaker. Okay. And I turned it off within, within a minute. I just stopped. I was like, silence because Because it said... I will paraphrase very, very closely to the actual one, the, the actual quotes that I heard. Tell us about Jesus. What's he been doing for you this week? He has been so faithful. He's just been faithful and good and faithful. In the depth of my darkness, in my darkest valley. So faithful. it's blah. It's blah. 
And and there was no description of what that meant and how that, and he's just always been faithful. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Give I don't me know the what, deets. I don't know what you're talking about. It it could be anything. It could be your your bank debit card has been faithful to you because every time you put your pin in, money comes out. Oh, the like, Bitcoin price came back. Like it it, it was just <laughs> faithful. It, it felt empty and it and and what he just described there like stuck out to me. And so I turned it off and I was like, I'm I'm literally just going to be counting my steps as I'm running here. And that felt like that was more impactful to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the idea of word. It was the, John this, Eldridge. This letter. Oh, dude. This, <laughs> Actually, it was his wife. Is it really? It was. This le- this letter that he's talking about, he's referring to, um, the idea of the starch collar looking good and and there's really no depth to your faith kind of goes back to and there's one more clip but it goes back to the idea of like there's no fight like and i that leads me to the question are we battle tested christians or is is life in our world so easy that we're not tested at all and therefore we lack serious faith um that's, I mean, that's the question I have for you guys. Are we not battle tested? Do we have to go through challenges to be followers of Christ? Um, take this out of just think generally. Oh, okay. We, we've brought this out. Uh, this has come up before, but uh, for re- good it, reason, it, probably it includes. It's just I think it's. Should we just stop right now and I'll just like edit in the previous. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Put in the other podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's. I think it's worth pounding into people's skulls uh, that just human nature. Like you don't you if you live in space, you start to die. Your muscles atrophy. Your bones get less dense. Um, it's because there's no resistance. There's not gravity. So whether it's your faith or whether it's just life in general, uh, things get easy. You don't have to look for food or you're not struggling for anything. You got that astronaut ice cream. Yeah. That stuff's good. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That freeze-dried ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) The look that Andy's giving me is disturbing. I've had it before. It's good. (laughs) Direct eye contact. Melts in your mouth. It's so good. He's yeah. still looking right at Jeff. He made me look away. Neapolitan. He's, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> I got it when I was nine years old. I went to Washington, D.C., this aeronautical space museum. Picked up some freeze-dried astronaut ice cream. Astronaut. That's what you were thinking about, right? Anyway, exactly. continue. Definitely battle-tested Neapolitan ice cream. And so yeah. for Christians in America, we've had a pretty good... It can go to space. We, we've had a good run of the culture being culture culturally dominant. And there's been, I don't even want to say resistance, but for some people it's, is it, it's experienced as resistance. Ooh. And maybe, maybe for some, in some cases it is resistance, but I will say generally my opinion on faith in America is it's been easy, but things are now more secularized. There's a little bit more, cultural pulls all right pushes and pulls all right and so i think the headwind principle is in effect which describes like you're moving forward and the wind is with you you don't experience any wind resistance 
but you can still be moving forward. If the wind shifts, you experience resistance. Like if you're riding a bike or you're running, Andy. With the dog. Running against the wind sucks, but you're still moving forward. So it feels worse when you experience a little bit of resistance, even though you're still making progress. It's kind of a shoddy example in this case, but generally I think it, it, it fits. But I that, think generally the church in America is is experiencing... Headwind or no? A little bit of headwind that they hadn't before, which doesn't equal persecution, but because we haven't Never really, experienced it. We haven't really been tested with... Right. Like in China, like... Oh my gosh, I have this... There's an article about John MacArthur not being for religious freedom. It's kind of an interesting article and relevant, and maybe we'll get there because it ties into some of this. But man, imagine yourself, you're a, one of the two million, I think is the number, Uyghur Muslims in China being persecuted by China. They would like some uh, religious freedom. Uh, they would, like, they are, that's actual persecution uh, where, like, rape, forced abortions, There's so many horrors. Anyways, our group does not. That's a great beer. He's opening right now. Uh, Christianity doesn't really have actual persecution generally in this country, and I think I just use a lot of word, a lot of word salad to describe. We're getting a little bit of pushback. Things are changing a little bit. The culture's shifting, and we don't know what to do with it. And so it's easy to like freak out because our muscles aren't tuned for it. Well, I like. I like the point that you're making, and it also comes back to conversations we've had in the past of how Christians in America sometimes need to feel like they're up against something, like they're inviting, and we've had this conversation recently where they're inviting, like, like seems like Satan into their world so they can do some battle and feel like, you know, they're living. Uh, I'm... I mean, I hear this too often where it's just like, let's, you know, almost act like, I mean, there is a battle going on. There's a spiritual battle going on, no doubt, but it it seems like there's a constant search for like more and more to feel like I am a warrior, you know, in this spiritual battle and which can be true, but I'm like, what about those guys across the ocean? They're actually in a friggin' holy battle. Well, and it, it's it's. Thanks for playing Scott that there was for a moment. Great Scott impression. You are getting so much better at that. It's it's hard. I can I can make an argument for both sides here. Um, one of the things that I would say is like it. We can't. Uh, we can't judge people for the circumstances that they find themselves in. And so like Christians in America can't necessarily change the, what they were, what they were given, so to speak. Right. So we cannot, we cannot to make a comparison with Christians in America to Christians in a country that experiences Mm -hmm. deeper level persecution. um, That's an equivalence. That's like, we just we just can't make that equivalence and it's and it feels at some level like it's not fair okay now that's not to say that we can we can draw like perfect parallels between everything but um but some things are subjective and so what what i look at is um where do you see like, like that's the i guess it it connects to the point that i was trying to make earlier which is 
you may have persecution that looks um, obtuse and obvious, and that shows up in, um, it, like in, in in communist China where you will be certainly like right pastors thrown in jail, yep. Christian pastors thrown in jail for years, and it's illegal to bring in Bibles and and uh, you'll do hard jail time for that. Versus, which is a good thing because they were King James Bibles, so <laughs> keep that <laughs> shit out of there. And then uh, versus like versus the subtle uh, the subtle erosion of of Christian ideals. That's the worst type of erosion. Maybe well because you don't know what's happening. If you don't know what's happening, yeah, you're you're the frog that's slowly boiling, right? Yep. So those are the things that like it's taking different forms, and um, one may be more conniving than the other, Um, and maybe at some level like to to use the old cliche phrase of like better the devil you know right at least at least you have something that you're fighting against and clearly aware of it's easier to battle against that versus the slow boil right. which you're vaguely aware of that's that's simmering in the background until it's too late i know some christians that that was their kind of their feeling on donald trump like better the devil you know and they feel like well, I'll just leave it leave it there. Well, there was like non-Christians who said that too. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it I don't know if that's a Christian or non-Christian thing. No, it's not. I just I mentioned it because we're talking about Christians, but you're right, it's not. But yeah, better the devil you know. And why are we talking about Christians? Jeez. All right, continuing. Why are I know. we talking about Donald Trump cuz he's orange and there's close <laughs> to red and the red is the devil color? <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Politics just happened. What was his name? No, it wasn't Chad. It wasn't Chad. It was uh, Ron Do-Right. Yeah. All right. I have one more. I get one more clip here. Do you have a, a thought to finish there, Andy? Or are you done? No, I'm good. That's that's fine. Oh, and this is, I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but I'm going to get through the first part. So when I fast forward, it's going to kind of sound, it might be a little off, but stick with us. I I can feel an increasing burden for a lack of spiritual understanding about what's going on behind everything. And I just keep telling you the reason we're just getting our tail handed to us in the world is not because we don't have enough Bibles or correct versions of the Bible or because somebody lands in a different place on a secondary issue than we do. See, King James is okay. There is a very real enemy constantly trying to destroy us, constantly trying to distract us, constantly trying to deceive us, constantly trying to cost us hope and joy in Jesus. And if you've got no idea that's happening, then you're going to ascribe your enemy to somebody you shouldn't ascribe your enemy. Like think in this environment, how easy it would have been for the first century church to hate the Romans. But don't the Romans become the primary men and women who begin to follow Jesus as Christianity spread? I love that thought in that today through this last year, I have not acted in a Christian way. I have even crapped on Christians and non-Christians in their, how they've uh, handled or not handled the situation that's currently going on. And as he's pointing out, like, the Christians, they could have hated, they could have hated all these people, but it's, there was 300 and there was, I mean, there was millions that came out of Rome that ended up being 
Christians and that grew to where we are sitting in America today, like those people just kept spreading the good news and and so and it's easier said than done when you have Yeah, sometimes you need to cut a fool. <laughs> keep going. I got context to that. Keep going. Okay. No, no, no. Don't play it. I was saying keep keep talking well, if you had more of a point. No, I, I I just I just think about how how we how we love people or we don't love people. Like we we can feel like a pushback, but then love like Jesus loving people like they don't they don't know what they're doing. They they're lost, their eyes are covered, they're blind, and but I'm still gonna find a way to love them. That's so hard for me in certain circumstances, especially over this past year where I'm like, this is so frustrating. And um in terms of like I just want to live my life out. It's like actually Jeff you can live your life out, but you're coming at life not from like a Christian perspective where you're going to have to, you know, swallow your pride or whatever it might be. So I, uh, I mean, all that to say is there's these opportunities and we, or I, I'll speak for myself, I have not taken every opportunity this past year in being a loving Christian and uh and that sucks. I hate to say it because of kind of who I am. That yeah, and sucks. I hate that about you too. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna go kill myself. Oh my god, Jeff. Okay, I take that back. Kinda hate this beer. Yeah, that's the mm. one I was having, the hibiscus how's that hibiscus? It's too prominent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. No, Jeff Zach's beer I, that on. he brought interrupted me. I uh I, you have told me recently how you're, you've got, hopefully you don't mind me sharing this. Oh, please. Otherwise we'll edit it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you, as a more fairly recently, have kind of been convicted to use a word or just felt like I need to get back to my center point or my anchor point that I'm, I'm most comfortable with, which is a mode of, I don't know, being out in the community and like talking to people, engaging with people on a level that, uh, serves other people. I I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but you've kind of lamented like, I've kind of lost that thing or I'm not right. COVID took your legs out. And it's something that we had somebody come to our church and actually speak a little bit. And he used the word dispersia. He said, the church just, there's so many, the church five dollar words walked going away tonight. The church walked the away from the, yeah, from the world. 2000s. The world came and scared everybody, and the church walked away. And I thought that's absolutely true. The people in the church were supposed to stay. They weren't supposed to walk out in fear. They were supposed to say, "In Jesus' name, we push back whatever fear is going on in the world, and we'll stand firm." But we didn't. Most churches across the land just went to their houses and 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 hid, and which is weird, though. I and people so and they used it like, this. well, you would so you'll, you'll love people, you'll love people if you'll just go and hide in your no, house. I got I got that, but 
is this irony or not? Probably, maybe not, but one of the ways people, churches have felt, and individual Christians, at least anecdotally, and I think you guys will agree broadly, generally, uh, that we've been persecuted, not my word, but other other people's words, is because they're told you can't meet in person. Right. Yeah, sure. And That's the most obvious. And, but in a, in a weird way, like you're, your potential audience, if you move from meeting in a building to focusing on online, your potential audience for that church just went exponential. It doesn't even begin to describe oh it. Oh my god! I know it doesn't always work. I, didn't, I know it doesn't work that yeah. way. And like getting people that getting actual eyeballs to your YouTube channel is a different scenario. But Look, the level of inter interaction and connection right. that, oh, that for sure. YouTubers have versus our listeners have with us is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no think you, I did not think you were going there. No. near Andy the is same. To- totally right. You, you know, guys listening to our voices right now, you have this special connection that makes you want to leave voicemails. It makes you want to leave Apple reviews on Apple Podcasts. The reason we say those things is because we care about you and we do genuinely want to hear that. It makes it it makes it more interesting for us. Yeah, for for at least one person on this podcast, yeah. it's about saving souls. For me, it's just about connect human connection and getting us to be better human beings. And I'm all about clicks and views. <laughs> and it, and God only knows what Jeff's about at this point. But back to the connection, being being gathering together is is a is a Christ-like thing to do. Like gathering, eating together, talking together, being connected Physically, I think it's the most human thing to do, yes. which I think yeah. makes it the most Christ-like. And and so to run away and hide in little boxes and not connect and not hug and not shake hands and not make eye contact with people in person, we disconnected from Christ. We from a purpose and when this gentleman spoke at our church and said, we dispersed, I just thought, yes, it's almost as if we, we sinned in some form. We ran away from God and, and, and everybody went home and then many were in fear and that fear just built because one, they had no community whatsoever. Well, it was more complicated than that. And this is where I think it got, No, it's not Andy. (laughs) You know, nothing is ever complicated. Jeff, you shut up when you're talking to me. Uh, the, the complicated part I think came in what you alluded to earlier, which was, that there was a there was a narrow definition of the way that you love your neighbor looks like this, and it was, it was per, many ways. It was no, 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 no. But with this specific pandemic, the way that you love your neighbor is prevention oh. and and distance. Right, it's a great tactic, and 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 that's how that got defined. Well, and also it's true in some cases. It's true in some cases. Yeah. No. For sure. And this is where it got really hard. This is where it got difficult because I think we had a lot of Christians who were experiencing this uh, this dissonance within themselves, within their hearts, and within their minds of like, yes, I want to do this. I, I feel like I need to protect other people. And at the same time, I'm conflicted. So you have this deep conflict that it, because it goes against human nature. Which could say is another way that we could say it goes against God's nature, 
of being nice in relationship because we were made in the image of God. Did you want me to connect the last of the dots? No, no, I was already with you. You were there. Yeah. And so, and so that's where actually, depending on where you, you land on, on this, uh, you may, you may or may not like, oh man, I can't, I can't open the data box. I'm going to, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave this one go. But, but the point that, that I'm trying to make here is, uh, is that you, I think a lot of Christians felt conflict in this. They felt the conflict that you feel, Jeff, which is I was designed to be in direct relationship with people in close proximity. I was designed to love people. How, how do I make these two things work together if I'm also told that I may be putting someone in danger? Yeah, I can't, literally, I can't do the things that make me human. Right. The, right. Is how you feel, Jeff. So the And a lot of people. Well, so how, if you and most people. If you, most people probably if you pull out the if you pull out TV and a, and your phone, if those things are gone, and then you take away the boxes that we live in, our homes, our houses. Yeah. And now we're just living. My guess is none of what has happened over the last year happens. <laughs> no, well, yes. I mean, hold on. We could, we hold could, on. We could randomly select <laughs> no, no, no. variables and remove but them. It's it, <laughs> right. But the point being is imagine cars that those, never been invented. Those little phones, those little phones, those little computers, Take away those little brainwashing machines <laughs> have struck fear into people and then and then people who just happen to be voted into power, uh, some are like stripping away. You kind of sound like Christopher Walken. Your, yeah, s- sending you back people to, to your box. People happen to be. Hey, don't poke fun. Hey, uh, I had this watch the, the, <laughs> up my ass. <laughs> what? But fear is only gain. Fiction. Fear is only gain because of all the technology that we have. If people were dropping dead left and right in front of us that's very different but that uh, hold on hold on hold on right. people people die and but the as a christian we walked away from something and we didn't even like why are we walking yeah. away where's the like Jesus pushes back fear. Where was the faith? And this goes back to the battle tested. Like if we're going through wars, like, you know, holy wars, and now this hits us, we're like, what? Like those, like you would just ignore that. Like that's nothing from what we've been going through. You, you kind of touched on something. I can't remember if we've talked about this before. What did I touch Andy? You touched my, okay, keep going. Heart. Uh, no, you did touch on that thing, which is um, this concept that humans were not designed to basically um, interact with and carry the level of information that's currently available to us today. Over-socialized, right? Well, another way to put it is like... Way if, too much information. If you, yeah, if you, if you are trying to, to take on your shoulders the woes of the world, it's too much. And so technology has given us that capability like we called it doom surfing a few episodes, oh, yeah. episodes ago we talked about doom surfing right <laughs> yeah which can send you which sends you down the rabbit hole but but what we you've just described is 
you know, in the modern age, that's a thing. Previously, even going back before like the printing press, that wasn't a thing. Your, your level of information was the people that you, people in your family and your community. And that's what you knew. Like your direct community. Right. Right. That was, that was your level of information. Yes. And you maybe had some loose semblance of the world around you. Right. Something would get passed on through communities. Eventually, like something would trickle down and it was six months old. Right. Whatever. But, but the point was that I think you're making is that you would have pockets of communities whose information was what's, was much smaller because what truly affected them was much smaller. But now we have the perception of effect because we have, information from things that are happening thousands and thousands of miles away. And we believe that that's, that may or is impacting us in our world, in our community, when in reality it's not, and it may never, but, but we act like it is. Correct. Right. And then we can make assumptions about people that are not true that are in our community because of what we see other people doing online and, or we modify our actions and, take, and it isn't just about COVID, right? It's about, it's about you can anything, uh, anything you can pick the topic, right? I wonder if we, we are, um, well, we're definitely going through a growth period with social media and the m- access to more information than we've ever had. And that we are not prepared for, but as possible, we are experiencing growing pains and evolution in adapting to this, you can, there's a podcast called Pessimist Archive, got renamed, and I'm blanking on the the rebrand. Uh, I might have some clips in a near future episode about the good old days, but they they chronicle all these new technologies that people thought were going to bring things down. And I think social media and online experience is one of those new technologies that could glass half full me is like it could be we look back at this and be like yeah we thought the world was going to die but man this is great and we've we've got access to all the information and we can make this work but right now there's growing pains for sure uh i'm not sure whether it's like we need to shut this is the did they rename it the optimist archive because what you just described (laughs) says way more optimistic well the idea (laughs) of the pessimist archive is to to chronicle like the the bicycle was a threat the novel was a threat because women would not do their their damn chores and they'd just be reading novels all day uh, the waltz was a threat the printing press newspapers of course those those are the closest ones to what we have now in social media is that like you read the newspaper people thought it was going to bring society down because you were losing people are in the paper they're not like interacting with people around them and this is, you know, however many uh, millennia ago. When was the newspaper invented? That was like thousands of years ago, right? Gutenberg, uh, hundreds of years ago. But uh, Gutenberg was a pretty. Impressive. It's possible that this is new technology that we need to catch up to, and that the jump in evolution is more difficult and faster than previous technologies. But that it is a technology that we will adapt to. Uh, I. I think it goes to eroding. I think the technology is eroding Christianity and 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 how we interact all together. We were not meant to interact online. We were meant to interact face to face. We were meant to interact 
building community together. I don't disagree with that at all. Like I'm not making the yeah, opposite argument I know. to that. And you I'm not, and I'm not you being said that like and, you disagreed with it though. <laughs> I don't disagree with that at all. Good sir. Such, such a good passive aggressive statement. With a gentleman from <laughs> point of clarification. Beach recognize okay. that I don't disagree with all him. Right, you English blokes. Uh, <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. Good. So, so we so this erosion that I speak of, the aforementioned erosion. <laughs> uh, we it's a lot of syllables. We it, there. I don't think this is evolution. I think this is a, we're we're dumbing down things. We're not getting into real conversations. It's a one off comment, and 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 it just it turns into blah idiocracy. Yeah, idiocracy. Yes, absolutely, it's idiocracy. Mike Judge's movie from the mid two thousands. We 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 are getting less connected thinking we're more connected and the younger generations who are born into this it's even worse are you almost done because there's a new episode of ow my balls coming up (laughs) okay well okay so before i continue my rant i have one last piece of this clip listener who knows if you just if you send us any sort of email tweet anything if you know what ow my balls is (laughs) we'll read we'll read it on air i promise (laughs) <laughs> your present reality in the unseen realities of the present. Listen, the Godhead is not panicking right now. I don't need to preach this because things are getting wonky out there. Gosh, they've been wonky for 2,000 years. You just lived in a place for a while you couldn't see it. Like, you really think our brothers and sisters in Iran and Iraq right now are going, man, it's really getting out of control? Like, no, I'm trying to help you. So myopic of a view. You think our brothers and sisters in Sub-Saharan Africa, that the stuff I'm reading here is there today, are looking at the recent election and all these executive orders and going, oh, certainly it'll be any day now. Andy? Well, the, the difference that I'm, that I'm trying to draw in my mind is he's trying, he's trying to make a comparison that, that uh, physical death is, is the ultimate but the question that I'll ask is, um, is spiritual death the more, uh, the more deceptive way for, for Christians to lose sight of, uh, of what's important for a world to lose sight of what's important, meaning it's a lot easier to kill off a few hundred or a few thousand people. But if you can somehow spiritually kill off millions, um, then, oh. the, then the, then the, the total effect of that approach yeah, is much more powerful. And spiritual is like, I just, spiritual is like this blanket for emotional, physical, like all these things are interconnected and beyond. Right. Yeah. The, in ways, and if if they can, well, most governments don't, or most states, I'll say, don't want they don't want to actually kill everybody because then they don't have people to live off of. And right, and which gets back to the Bill Gates thing of people like Bill Gates trying to kill people. I'm like Bill Gates doesn't want to kill people; he needs to sell products. Yeah, people want to make money, and but I think states would like a docile populace mm. and i just imagine whatever you just said andy i'm just imagining like we're 
a, a slow spiritual death is maybe like an apathy, yeah, a checking out, and uh, in addition to whatever like theological connotation, that's a huge conversation. I'm I'm putting that aside for now, but I'm just imagining a populace that is checked out and is less engaged with their neighbor and their community. And, and they're crawling into their matrix pod and getting plugged in. Yeah. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. And so if I can, mm. if, if you oh, can be lulled, hurts. if you can be lulled into apathy or disinterest, right. Then those are, those are the things that I wonder about that I, that I think it feels easy to get charged up about heavy, strong physical actions of violence that we can see and react to. And it is the slow, silent death mm-hmm. that people who suffer in silence that we have no idea about and don't recognize. And maybe they themselves don't recognize or us when we're experiencing it to some degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, well, having said that, sorry, Jeff, you tried to speak twice and I, yeah, you cut me off really? twice. So <laughs> we have a good friend of ours who shared with me, um, just, a week or so ago that um, he realized that he's been doing every, he came to the conclusion, this is a a great man of faith and, um, and a good leader and uh, a good friend. And he said, I, I realized that I've been doing things for myself, all my decisions, which was mind blowing to me. I'm like, that is not how I see you and he said, you know, we, you know, we moved uh, because of X, Y, and Z. And we did this because X, Y, and Z. We, and I realized that after he listed off like five things, I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, sounds like life. And, yeah. and he said, but what was I doing for the kingdom of God? And I'm, and then I listened to him for a moment. I'm like, wow, he's really come to a crossroads where he's like, I, I haven't been doing anything for God, I've been doing it for my family. And I thought, well, doesn't like, doesn't that count like providing? And, but somewhere in there was like, he felt a little bit, maybe a little bit of apathy or the muscle that maybe has not been going. I don't, without know. knowing that detail, I, I yeah, don't know. My first right. pushback is like, uh, your, your, your primary responsibility, like if I'm going to use some Christianese here, yep. Your initial battlefield, mission field, is your family. Correct. Lean into it. Love on it. Yeah. And like, like it should be. There's and been it, people that have been moving left and right outside of California, like Texas, Idaho, Colorado, Utah. They've, like, people know. we know they've gone, I they've know. they've dispersed. But They and, couldn't handle the persecution heat. And remember <laughs> they, that. <laughs> and remember that quote that we gave from the, uh, the uh, Arcade Fire. Working for the church while my family dies, like mm. yeah, that flip side, yeah, haunting, haunting words. So there's a balance. Right. There's a balance. There's a balance yes. that comes I, with wisdom. I actually don't even know if it's a balance. I don't know if that should be balanced. I think it's the the scales should be tipped in the favor of your family. Well, it should be, but and isn't that in all- favor of God as well? Well, Living yes. a Christian, a good Christian life. They're not against. It's it, yeah. These are not things that are in opposition. Yeah, but God, but, God as a definition of a good father to us, 
like if we are built in the image of God should therefore be that to our families. Like there's nothing that's, uh, that's unbiblical about being, Yeah. How dare you be a good family man and take care of your family? How dare you? It's, <laughs> it's definitely the priority. Lord frowns upon it. Uh, it's definitely a priority. Uh, also, um, having a good idea of who you're talking about, um, or if it's somebody similar to this, your family's provided for, you have more than, you have way more than you need. Um, how can I spread some of this love outside of this box? Right. And I think that's a very good uh, Christ-like impulse or conviction, Absolutely. dare I say, to jump on the Christianese train uh, that that needs to be like, you, you, that. that is the thing. The fact that you even, that that person even thinks that comes to like, be okay. I have to be asking these questions. It just shows yeah. how faithful they are and how present right. they are. There's, I mean, there's a lot of good there. Because you can yeah. provide for your family, which I, I'm agreeing with the priority. Just providing for, but Provi- right. you can provide. You can take care of. You can. Your family is. You can, you could focus on that. You can minister to them and. If the world is burning around you and you have the ability to pr- provide for your family and also do something about the fire around your uh, well, yeah, your community back, house, like it comes back to that concept of how you love God is how you love others. Mm. But, and so others doesn't just mean your family, but it definitely does mean your family, right? And then and beyond that, once. And yourself, don't forget yourself. I, yeah, <laughs> I think self care gets a bad rap in so, Christian circles. So I will say this: there was one thing that I did grab from that John Eldridge podcast. Actually, it was a different episode, but it described two two different um, ways of of people who basically are able to to love those around them. There is the canal who, the moment that they are that they are fed or you know filled up, it's immediately passing it through to others. And so there's never yeah. there's there is actually never a moment of being filled up. They're they're just siphoning it straight through. Versus the reservoir that once it's filled up and then it overflows into other people. Yeah. And it's able to It's a good picture. Love and bless other people. Mm-hmm. Um I know you hate uh John Eldritch so you? hard. As my he mom said, right hate's me. a really strong word. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's got the shirt on right now. Listener, he's wearing a shirt that has, says John Eldridge, and it's like a circle with a cross through it. And no, it lo- it's it's looks F- like a Ghostbusters. It's like an F and then an asterisk and then a CK. Yeah, with, with like an like a silhouette of John Eldridge it's logo. Wild at fart at the okay. back. Of- <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna play the last part. Hold I'm on, no, hold on a second. Okay, you have one second and done. Nope. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, I will say, like I was, I was talking to. We had the oppor- some of us had the opportunity to go do a little uh, weekend excursion. And why do you say some of us? All of us in this room had a chance to do that. All of us in this room, we all had a chance to do this <laughs> because I care so much about the listener. Listener, I am with you. I feel you. Some of right us right now. Were, I feel you. You could say some of us for anything besides that, but anyway. Some of us had tacos today. I'm including the listener in this conversation, Andy, and I would appreciate it if you Some of us same. were drinking beer this Great. afternoon. Some of us need to go to the bathroom. So just running away. Right that now. reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, <laughs> whenever I got to shave, I imagine that someone else in the world is shaving. So I always say, I'm going to shave 
two. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. When he died, my friend, uh, who was not spiritual or Christian or any faith at all, said, well, now he's telling jokes to God. Yeah. And I imagine that that's really happening. Yeah. I like that. I got to see him twice live. Really? The first time was great and it and it was so good. It was one of those moments that your your face is hurting so hard cuz you can't recover from the laughing. That's so good. And it was like 45 minutes straight of that. It's like a better version of the wedding. If you have a, if you have a decent wedding reception yeah. that you're involved like you are the groom or the bride and you have to smile the whole time cuz yes. you keep saying hi to people. It's like the be- a better version it's of that. Way, it's actually way better than that yes. because it's not fake. It's You can't yes. help yourself. And then I saw him again uh, a couple of years later and some asshole in the front row was trying to say the punchline to his jokes before God. he said them. And so he was speeding through them. And I don't know why security didn't resolve this situation. But you anyway. should have called that out. Well, I, yeah, I didn't have great seats. Anyway. Sorry, guys. That's no. A, no, I mean... Nature called. Okay. Uh, no, no, we're actually not. We, we're just getting started <laughs> you right pa- here. You paused. No, we had a quick diversion. Yeah. Son of a gun. Uh, but real quick. It better be real quick. I, I have. Uh, I'm going to say this. It's going to be condescending. I'm just going to say it. I've grown past John Eldridge. Uh, however, I don't mean that in the condescending way in which that John sounds. was a season. It was a season for me. And I think it should be a season for a lot of uh, yeah, men. Absolutely. And I, uh, there were, there was a particular somebody on the recent excursion we went to that I came back and was talking to my wife. Uh, that like that person can really use. Uh, it's like a, it's a level up. John Eldridge is a level up for a lot of people. That's necessary. Is that the end? Maybe for some people it is. For me, I found that like no, it it was the start of something. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to do my best Richard Rohr impression, which is <laughs> uh, transcend, but also include. Mm. Like when you're if you're growing in wisdom, you're going to transcend a lot of things. And the danger is to look back and be like, well, that was bullshit. Even though at the time it's like, oh my god, I need this so bad. Right. And you forget that when you when you pass up on that. So I, I yeah. want to give respect to John Eldridge because I know I've hated on him and I I, I don't <laughs> it's okay. He's not my favorite. Anymore. And it's, uh, it's John fine. Eldridge is ransom heart and they do have a really a really good ministry for, for men. And the church we've gone to, it's like that's the men's retreat every year is the boot camp thing right. and it's become a really rich experience of going from like really benefiting from the content to like, okay, that's great. Uh what's next but you go and then you talk to people yeah in real life and you engage with people's real life experiences and that's where the richness is which is another reason why the video screen or your phone it is a cheap substitute it mm-hmm. might be necessary it's synthetic sometimes synthetic drugs are necessary for healing but it's not the it's not all the way and i think that's what you're touching on jeff is that and and andy and and me is that personal contact like one-to-one communication, small groups, that's where real growth and connection happens. And if you don't have that, Facebook groups or online communities can be a stand-in. And hopefully it's just the beginning of something more. 
How come your pants are so high right now? <laughs> but does it equal? I'm wearing capris. Thank you for <laughs> noticing, listener. Listener. Oh my Zach's, gosh. Zach's uh, Zach's pants are up close to his knees right now, and it does look European, and it's like capri pants. <laughs> So uh, we're going I, to I put seri- it we're right going above to my serious calf. thoughts I have the, I have the, right back down I have the to fan on middle school. I don't it's, understand what's actually, happening. Actually, I don't even remember pulling them up. I mean, <laughs> did you guys lift them? <laughs> we okay. as tall guys do have that problem that when we sit down, our pants come up. But but yours is like inches below your. Oh, neck. I'm going full euro. Okay, here we go. Wait, guys, I I'm had, trying to help. I'm just kidding. Jeez, I was just kidding. You son of a gun. That is a broken. Wait, now I have to const- pee. Go ahead. Don't stop it. Dude. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to beat you down in my dreams. The painted way of seeing the kingdom of God. Trying to help us. Like, if we're going to step out into what Christ has for us, got to stop thinking like that. Got to start thinking kingdom of God, global, universal to the ends of all that you see, know, and can comprehend. He is the king of glory. The text said it. He is the king of kings, the Lord over all kings. I'm not preaching this because there's panic in the Godhead. You think the spirit's up there going, what's the next play? Man, I thought at least we had the U.S. Sheesh. I know it's a mess, but I thought we had Texas. Oh my gosh. Freaks moving in from California. What are we going to do? That's a real problem. You come, but don't bring your politics. Right? Like, you really think the Godhead's wigging out right now on that stuff? Texans are actually persecuted. No! So here's here's present reality. Something's going on. They should be concerned. (laughs) Can I say something about Chandler real quick? Yeah. He loves to yell. (laughs) Well, I I think he's getting better at his uh, patterns, his, uh, his volume boost. I've I used to listen to Chandler a lot, um, you know, back when it was useful to me. But <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm I w- Zach. I outgrow everything. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> Aldrich outgrown. Uh, you see this? I outgrew my pants like in <laughs> real pad, time. My pants outgrown. <laughs> King J version outgrown. <laughs> <laughs> that is what sucks about like. Right, bring it, Texas. Being a sort of like a sort of a progressive Christian, like like recognizing we need to grow past some of the You're things. You're a Texan the now. Oh, you, I you remember. Progress past everything. Oh, I remember what I believed. That. Exactly. <laughs> it's the worst, and a lot of progressives fall for it. And okay, but Chandler, I really benefited from him. But I do remember uh, listening to sermons where he is. He's a little bit of a showman if you watch him. He's tall. I think he's 6'5". He's a big man. So he's even taller than me. That's cocky. He's he almost as tall as Andy. Off brain cancer about seven years ago, That's eight years ago. Yeah, it's, it's a cool story, but he does have uh, wide hand motions, big wingspan. I think the Babylon Bee joked that he accidentally landed a plane <laughs> when he was preaching outdoors. Um, and But there have been sermons where like his... Raising volume voice, like his voice goes up and it comes back down and it draws you in. It's dynamic. But there's been times where the words he's actually saying don't match the volume level. It's like he got stuck in a pattern of like, I'm doing this now. And now, now I'm bringing it back down. I'm bringing it back down. Now you're with me. And I come back up like this. But his volume raises didn't match the content. It's like his volume was out of sync with his content. 
And uh, but I don't even know what you're saying, but like I was into if, it. if it was the apex of his message, <laughs> exactly. you his got a, me. the apex would be like. Whoa! However, the but it was actual like, words was like like I just fed my baby daughter, <laughs> and but he like yelled it and never. And I put the so, food but, into her mouth. No, don't do that with Matt Chandler. Don't do that. But that's sacrilegious. I do believe that uh, in the clips I've heard tonight, which is a recent sermon, I think. Yes, it is. And I haven't listened to him in a while. Every volume, they, every volume increase has actually emphasized his point appropriately. Well, that's do you good. remember what you were going to say all that's, those years ago after I, before I started talking? That's good judgment. <laughs> No, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I will go back to the thought of being battle-tested, uh, battle-tested Christians. And um, I think we, there was a battle this past year, and as Christians, most of us failed um, in that we walked away from community. I don't know about that. Shut up, Zach. We walked away from our church the building, whatever it might be, where we met, where we congregated, where we talked afterwards. What is mo- so most Christians failed. He told you to shut up. Thank okay. you, Andy. Keep him in check. Shut up, Zach. Thank you, Fauci. You just keep, you just keep a mask on that guy. Uh, but it's my all, turn to go to the bathroom. But, go but fix your, but all, fix good, your pants. Good time to leave. We're wrapping up. Uh, the, Listener, his pants are not coming down. <laughs> the the. Battle, oh my gosh, the battle tested Christian, we are not. Um, and or or we or we are, and we got hit with this, and it was unexpected, and we didn't know what to do with it. And by the time we knew, it was too late, and we had retreated. So, how about this one then? For our battles are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Which I believe is in Romans. If Scott was here, he would remember and he'd back me up. And this is the moment that we would share actual scripture in the podcast. <laughs> well, okay, go ahead. But the point, the, but the point is, um, I, I think if you, if you try to paraphrase that, it's trying to say that, that it, it's not about what's directly in front of your face, right? That the battles that we yes. struggle as as Christians are, it's 3D or 4D, whatever. Um, I don't want to go too metaphysical here, but the idea is that that we are not, we are not, bat- the battles that we encounter as Christians, um, while, while at times they may feel like they manifest in this very direct and obvious persecution, um what scripture tells us is that there is there are multiple levels that are going on that are outside of yes uh, yes totally. the physical world mm-hmm. and so in my mind the connection from that scripture to today is maybe more real and more prevalent than ever which is Yes, we as Christians in in the United States are not battling against flesh and blood. We are battling against uh, the battle is against principalities, which is operating at a at a, at a very different level. You missed it, Zach, when you went to the bathroom. I I mentioned scripture. Okay, well now the I I agree, and 
in the world, we should st- we should stick out like a sore thumb in this world. Maybe. God dang it, Andy! I told you, shut Zach up. Shut up, Zach. Go to the bathroom again. Fix your pants. What do you mean, maybe, Zach? <laughs> now Zach has one pant leg up and the other one down. <laughs> like, I didn't which plan is, it. Is that Long Beach which gangster. Is technically LBC worse. Represent. It's technically worse than what was happening before. You guys, I'm being audience. Yeah. I want you to know, I'm you being persecuted s- right now. I don't feel safe <laughs> in this room. I don't feel safe. I do like those pants. If you were wearing them right, they're not bad. No. Um, what do I mean? I don't like how the church retreated into their boxes. I think it was a, it was a, I think the spiritual battle was lost when we, when we did that. And I think we should have stuck out like a sore thumb and stayed put and fought the good fight as in community. Cause it's not community when you're like, I'm not coming out of my house. I'm going to keep a mask on. I'm going to stay in there. I realize fear is real, but what happened to the faith that we're supposed to have? What, oh, poison's coming out of people's mouths? Is that what's going on? Because that's not how that's the ridiculous. world works. And that was the, that was the quote, I think, a few episodes ago that we talked about with C.S. Lewis, where it was during the atomic age, and there were fears that, that uh, the atomic bombs were going to be dropped on London mm. or on America. Mm-hmm. And, and the question came to C.S. Lewis, what is the Christian's perspective? What is the Christian response to something like this? What sh- how should we as Christians live knowing that this is there, that this possibility is there? And, and his response, I think, was accurate then as it is now. And to paraphrase, it was, we should live just as we did before, just because science found yet one more way for us to die. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that we should change the way that we live. And and if the atomic bomb comes, it should find us in the pubs. It should find us in the schools. It should find us in the churches, and it should find us in the homes, living the lives that we had been living mm-hmm. all along, regardless. Well, the, I agree and I disagree. I agree that I agree, but I'll... Shut did up, you, Zach. Did you forget to shut up? <laughs> I will say the uh, the disagreement is in that the atomic bomb bomb was uh, Freudian. Continue. Yes, was real. Was real. Actually, some people think it was fake, but um, Manhattan Project is. Really it was real, but it was human. Japan. It's outside of your control. Um, to something Jeff said earlier, like having the faith. So what if a virus is coming out of people's mouth? If you have enough faith, always is. Is diet going? Is a really shitty diet going to overcome? Is your faith, good faith, going to overcome a really shitty diet, or are you probably going to get diabetes? Um, that's where this thing gets sticky. Is that there are real changes that might be better or worse temporarily for the sake of society, which is the rub of how you love your neighbor in the midst of a pandemic. And so, hold on, hold on. Let's pick this apart because there. So there were real changes that could prevent this, right? Well, but, not, but there were real changes that could prevent not the all the way. Bomb. There were real changes that could prevent cancer. There were right. real changes that could prevent prevent like diseases that have affected mankind. Which I think is right. Why C.S. Lewis's point is so pertinent. It's it's that science discovered yet one more way for us to die. Right. 
No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's just... Um, so keep living. But there's there's plenty of pastors that said, you know, I have Jesus. I don't I don't need to do the I don't need to do what the recommendations are. I have Jesus, and that they died. Well, from COVID. the recommendations are coming from Satan. Was their faith Satan not took good? over the airwaves? It, it, but C.S. Lewis's point is not that that we will live forever. I'm not arguing against C.S. Lewis at this point. I'm pushing back slightly into Jeff talking about Christians just should have just had faith and never shut down. And I think depending on the context and the individual boots on the ground scenario, well, a certain community maybe could benefit from dispersing a bit. I, I, I'm i not in favor of the lockdowns as they have done, and we're not debating that here anyway, but um, the idea that like... But you, it's a, it, it, is a good, it is a good discussion point of how Christians are supposed to live and react to this specific current topic because it does feel connected. Now, Matt Chandler might have a different take. He's of the reform tradition. He would have a very nuanced take take that is not this simplistic, but in general, he thinks God has ordained everything, everything. Every action you have done has been preordained by God. And I tend to fall on the, your actions have real consequences. And so that's why how, that's how loving your neighbor becomes such a gray area and different for different people because it's there's real consequences. It's not just like if you have enough faith, you will overcome this. And that is weighed against like, yeah, there's this danger. But if if people don't have human contact, people die. I mean, we have people in church that have said, I, I won't wear a mask. I'm afraid of this. But your Sunday morning services are, are saving my life right now. Mm. And they're... Yeah, separating themselves, but they're coming, and they're they're away. They have, they're wearing the mask, the full thing, but they also recognize like I need just a little bit of human contact, even if we're not actually touching each other or we're not actually close. I'm around human beings. That's a real thing, and I'm definitely not arguing against that. Uh, but to go back, I remembered when Jeff said we need to stick out like a sore thumb, and I did I say maybe. I don't know. I think I said maybe, and then you looked at you me. You questioned like, it a little bit. I said maybe, and then you looked at me like you wanted to murder me and definitely wanted to cut off the leg that's exposed because one of my pant legs he is He for up. sure wants you to shut up, but continue. <laughs> that, that's been clear. <laughs> but Christians... I want you to go shut ahead, up a little Zach. bit, too. When done well and with wisdom and for the right reasons, namely loving your enemies, loving your neighbors, if you're sticking out like a sore thumb in that regard, yes. But... I also have known and experienced a lot of Christian assholes who hide behind, if you're not experiencing pushback, you're not doing it right, but right. they're assholes. Okay. And and they're they're acting like yeah. assholes and they're not respecting other people. And they, so it's it, it's a wisdom thing. And I'm kind I of th- like, you know, the you know, what Caesar's, you know, give to Caesar's. And in this case, uh the world can do what they're doing and and the church uh will do what they're doing, and that is living life in community. And if we had never, ever walked away, we just kept on congregating, what would have happened? Like, seriously, what would have happened? We would have stayed in community. We would still been strong. There wouldn't have been the infighting that has happened, but we let the world seep in to our lives and it it bludgeoned um, churches and it, it probably took out people who were, 
Christians. I've thought about that a lot too, and I th- and I think that that is, for lack of a better term, maybe the most devilish piece of this puzzle, which is uh, Christians find themselves torn between what it means to love their neighbor because the definition of loving their neighbor in one sense means com- close community direct direct mm-hmm. connection one-on-one like relationships right like i lay a hand on you and pray for you type of like moment. i look at you in the eye to eye in the same room yep like and I tell you to shut up and go to pee again really quickly. Fix your damn pants. Fix your damn pants. And then and then and on the other hand, there is the perception, real or or otherwise, that I need to keep my distance from you to keep you alive. And and I'm not gonna go I'm I'm not gonna try to argue whether or not that's real or not. But mm-hmm. I think that that is the conflict that Christians have been dealing with for the past for the past year dealing and with fear dealing with conflict i'm going to dealing sum with, it up to fear it, it could be fear those that aren't fearing are dealing with the conflict of dealing with people who are dealing with sure. fear that are christians fear fear is a, a a very key component to the whole equation absolutely but but what they're encountering there is is up until this point a direct understanding that that's what that means it's it is like and and it's modeled by Jesus. Jesus shows direct compassion and interaction with people throughout the scriptures of interacting with them at a personal level, touching them. Like the woman that reaches out touches him to be healed. And so once once that's removed, they're feeling this direct conflict of I can't be in connection with people in a human at a human level because I'm trying to protect them. And what we've seen and what we've talked about in, in episodes past, gosh, almost a year ago, I think in your backyard, Zach, we talked about this of like seeing the effects of these things, divorce rates skyrocketing, suicide rates skyrocketing, alcoholism skyrocketing that comes from seclusion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anxiety and depression and, um, and people being lonely. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it comes down to being being lonely. And so, that alone, when Matt Chandler, like I'll, I'll I'll land this plane, when Matt Chandler talks about persecution looking like Christians getting lit up on fire, right? My argument to him is, it's way more devious than that in the modern age. It's Far more devious. Is that than what that. you meant by sophisticated at the very beginning? It's of sophisticated, this? and it's much more devious than that because this—it's syrup spiritual, syrup 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 surreptitious, surreptitious. Guys want pancakes? Pancakes and syrup. I, I'm more of a waffle man. I would literally make waffles tonight. By the way, if we that want to go down and have from some waffles, Zach brought to you by Alesmith, coupled with oh Stone gosh. Brewery. I am not a fan of this. I I finished it like a man. Okay, but, Len, but you just did. I but, mean, put on the brakes. But, but this is but this is my point. Is that I think that it I, I think that it is much more devious, and I think that that what that does is it puts Christianity in a place of trying to second guess itself. I, I, it, this is not about where you land in the spectrum of 
how you feel or don't feel safe. It is it is more connected to do you do you recognize that you as a Christian experience conflict in some level of information that you're given from whatever scientific otherwise source and and how we are wired as human beings to be in communicate in community with each other in direct connection and how that's how that is the way that we engage in in behavior and and love the community around us you can't do it as a baby <laughs> so to uh put on the brakes and and fully land that plane um, I, I believe it was your wife that brought up a question this past week, and that was like, if someone has overcome something, you know, do you still like focus on it? Are and you starting a new podcast? No, 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 episode? I'm not. I'm not. But my point being is, do you just you know don't worry about it? And the one thing that I know Satan does is f- continues to find a different angle. And another angle and created a wedge that split Christians on opposite sides. And that's what we are going through. Yeah. And that's what we have gone through. It's what you're pointing out. It's we're being pulled. Not only were we battling against the world's bullcrap fear, but we're now because Christians are torn with that fear. Yeah. We're on the other, I'm on the other side, like, come back. Don't be pulled in that direction. That's and my that, opinion, yeah. It's a huge mess. It's more sophisticated totally. and it's more devious. And that's why I believe that when Matt Chandler tries to like paint this with a broad brush and say that persecution only looks like violent attacks against people, I think that's short-sighted. And, and he, maybe he addresses that later in these his whole series because it, it... You may, know what? He can knows? call in if he wants to argue with us, but whatever. Yeah, call in I'd, Matt at five 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 BBB power. No, no. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. All Matt. right. Well, this was a better conversation than I I thought it was. Shut up, be. Jeff. And I really appreciate your your uh, your input, Andy. I care about it. I bet you do. Hi, Zach. You know what's great about this whole thing? That you brought beer that sucked. <laughs> yep, I did. I wanted somebody else to drink that last one. I brought the good beer tonight. You know what's funny? You is drink that, all my good beer. Guys, fabric is funny. Is that boat what? swing any good, by the way? Uh, it's, it's from no. Trader Joe's. Just, For the, the price? Is it, is it garbage? <laughs> yeah. That was Trader Joe's. Yes, but when you're in a pinch, uh, six bucks for a six pack... <laughs> It was five bucks for a six pack. Wait, yeah. Well, Wait, I didn't before know. you got here, he, co- bad. he comes in, he's like, you see the Botswana? Botswana. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> I said Botswana. Whatever. Sorry, I need to fill the listener in here. I'm sorry. There's <laughs> things that you don't know that's here. No. The, I, I was at uh I was at Trader Joe's yesterday because we were going to this is going into what are you consuming? We were gonna play Dungeons and Dragons with my family. And uh, I was picking up, I was in charge of the uh, libations and the snacks. And so I got some expatriate. You're welcome. And I got. Thank you. And I saw the Boatswain. It's, it says Boatswain, B-O-A-T-S-W-A-I-N, American IPA. And it was four ninety nine, five ninety nine, four ninety nine. It's called know. Keystone. Well, yeah, it's like the IPA of Keystone, Keystone <laughs> of IPAs. Anyway. I was curious about it, and uh, so 
but not so curious that I would drink one. <laughs> Zach drink it. When you're in a pinch, it's a, it's a cheap thing that will make you feel elevated. Is it like the Samuel Jackson from uh, Chappelle show? It'll get you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Yeah. But guys, fabric is a weird thing, man. You ever think about that? Like right now, Jeff's got pants on. They're going down to his ankles. I I'm, think about Jeff's fabric more than he does. <laughs> I do too, definitely. I have no idea what's going on right now. Sweats what, and red shirts. Fabric. All the red, all the sweats. The all the red, all the sweats. You know, if I'm Always wearing Nebraska. capris, if I'm wearing capris, and I'm not, but I'm wearing half of my pants like capris right now. Half capris. Uh, that is seen as an offense to certain people. I'd think you were uh, a Norwegian same, or something. It's the same thing. In I'm this w- house wearing it is. fabric. I'm, you know, we're you're Americans. a fabric wearer. Wearing fabric. What do you mean wearing fabric? We all wear fabric. I know, but just because it's not covering my it's not covering my calf all the way. Oh well, you're wearing it wrong. Yeah, I'm wearing it wrong. That's a key element you left out. You're, yeah, you're wearing your fabric wrong. Same thing. I'm we're we're, we're doing the same exact thing, but I'm just doing it wrong. Yeah. Wait. Can, what? Can we start this? Shit's weird. No. Can we start this as like a thing? Like get it get it to all the teenagers. Like wearing one. You wearing your fabric? Wearing your fabric wrong. Well, they're already doing it. No, but I mean that actual statement. Oh, just saying it. Yes. Let's just get... Bro, this. what's up with your fabric? What do you it's mean, a bro? work in progress. We'll, we'll workshop this. I think this it's going to happen. All right, what are you consuming? Oh, my gosh. I had more thoughts, by the way, and I vehemently disagree with whatever you guys last said about the main topic. I just want to say that. That's um, good. And leave that there. Well, you can <laughs> But I gave you guys the last word. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, what you- are you consuming? Well, you can shut up. Uh, last night I consumed, well, I didn't consume them. That would be gross. I put earplugs in and I fell asleep at nine 30 at night and I had a great night's rest. God, I missed your soul. And I woke up at five 45 and I got up and I had a devotional time guys. Nice. Wow. Devo. And, and I spent time with the Lord. And that's what this post-it note is. I feel like because you guys came in here earlier and you you looked around and you saw things, I bet you probably saw this post-it note. No, I stayed away from your holy station. Yeah, I'm the least observant person on the planet, but go Uh, ahead. What does it say? And in my devotional time, it said, remember who you are and remember whose you are. I know that feels like a little bit cliche, but that- Don't crap on your statement. But that kept- like ringing in my ear. Mm. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. And it was for me as, and and as I went on my run with my dog who can run farther than any creature on the face of God's green earth. Just because your dog can run further than you doesn't mean you have to apply that to the rest of us. It, I know how it can do. I promise there's nothing that could run further than this dog. It's fueled by many nuclear furnaces. Anyway, uh, no. I, so I was praying. I was reading through um, in Luke the section where it, it, the blind beggar is um, is crying out to Jesus on the side of the road, and and Jesus. <laughs> He says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Which seems seems like a really stupid question at face value. Like, he's blind and he's a beggar. 
I think we can all guess what he wants him to do. And, and the response is effectively from faith. I believe that you can heal me and will, and will you do that? And, um, and so my comment there, like the, the little post-it note that I left on my desk, desk there was to remind me that the blind beggar is sitting there going, remember who you are and remember who you, whose you are. And the who you are is not defined by your circumstances. And the whose you are is, is Jesus, like the God of the universe, who's, who is there to step in and engage with you where you're at in that moment, where you're at in your life. Um, and that looks like healing sometimes, and that looks like comfort sometimes. It doesn't always look like fixing it every single time. Um, but knowing, and, and that's, and I, I'm, I'm like learning more and more that like I, as a father, it's not all about me fixing it every time Mm -hmm. for my kids. It -hmm. is often about me being there with them as they experience that and learn that and let them know that I love them in the middle of that. So as I like was reading through this and praying through this, um, yeah, dude, it just kept going over and over again. Like, Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Um, so that's a sweet thing. I mean, yeah. what you just shared, that's a sweet thing. And I love the uh, applying it to, you know, how you are as a father. I love that. Yeah. Zachary. Well, I'm, I'm consuming a lot of. <laughs> what did you watch on HBO Max this week? Idiocracy? Again? Actually, I did. You watched it again? Uh, no, but I talked about it. Would you send me the username and uh, password yeah, for goodness sake? You the no, you won't. Yeah. You no, you won't. I will. No, you won't. I want it tonight so I can watch it. Yes, I will. I don't yes, know I how to top what Annie just said, uh, so I won't. That's oh. great. What's that? That's it? I consumed more than two beers tonight, and um, I enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed the banter. I enjoyed uh, thinking about things Scott might have said, but he's not here, so suck it, Scott. I consumed the energy around me in person, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. We visually consumed your fabric, so that was nice. I didn't mind being the heel in this episode. That was kind of fun. Do something about your pants. God, God, man. Yeah, I wondered how this was going to go with, because I know you are uh, you oppose Matt Chandler a little bit. I could feel it uh, several weeks ago when we, when you pushed pushed my my podcast away. And was I persecuting you? Yeah, I was totally persecuted. No, I am consuming. I am consuming. So I I consume the imposters. Uh, because I see myself as one sometimes. Oh, you do? Um, well, if you've, if you've seen the imposters, they, they are meant to, uh, enter into scenarios where they're chameleons. And I did that a whole lot, um, when I was, uh, younger and I mean, younger meaning not too long ago. Um, and, and so I was, I'm drawn in by 
the uh, playing to someone's strengths. It's a movie. It's a series. It's two seasons, and playing to some playing to someone's strengths, understanding a situation, what people want to hear from you, and and so you can get in their good graces, be trusted, and and then just be a part of that world. And I, I was very good at that. Um, and I am very good at that. And I always have to check myself when I come into new, uh, communities of people new and, 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 and I kind of even did that with one of our, our friends. Um, I, I even shared this, uh, I don't know, sometime in the last year where I, I lied to, he ended up being a part of our, our kind of social group a little bit. Um, but I had told him a story. He's a realtor. And I told him I'd like made up some story to kind of make myself seem more impressive. (laughs) And, and I, and I, I told him this when we kind of, we met in Annie's backyard and, uh, and he looked at me like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, so I just flat out lied to you to kind of make a, you know, I was an imposter, and um, and I'm never freaking proud of that, um, and I don't know what that is. Just every once in a while, but um, so I consume imposters because you know I see a little bit of myself in that. I think that's healthy, and when you look back, it stings a little bit, right? It stings a whole lot. That's called growth, <laughs> not a little. Or in the in the words of. Uh, Marcellus. Is it Marcellus in Pulp Fiction? Marcellus Wallace? That's pride. It's fucking with you. <laughs> well, it, yeah. If you want to call it growth, yes. And I always have to be aware of that. I do find myself looking for underdog movies and and places and, and also just, mm. you know, I like to be the underdog. I like to come back. I like to be, you probably don't have much. And then I bring it. I want to surprise people, but, uh, you know, there's a a whole lot of psychological babble there. But uh, anyway, that is kind of what I've been consuming and thinking about a lot of like, ah, man, I got to make sure that I'm present with God when I come into conversations because sometimes I can say something. I'm like, I got to be careful. I don't say things that lead people astray in who I am and what I believe. So that's my serious Some, note. Like all the stuff you said earlier in the podcast, even. <laughs> yeah. <maybe. laughs> yeah. CNN discredits Jeff Pearson for all of this. No. Two or three things. People lost their salvation during this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the great weekend on the slopes that we consumed together. That is true. In between this and the last Scott podcast. would have shared this. Yes, he would have shared this. And guys, even though I had to work during half of our vacation together, I will say that Friday was glorious. We went to Mammoth. And it was triumphant together. And and good friend of the podcast, Brett Avery, thank you for waxing and tuning my board because I I achieved speeds that I've never achieved before (laughs) to a point that felt somewhat dangerous. Yeah, it it was incredible. And if you haven't seen Brett Avery's waxing technique, it is not for kids. I mean, there is <laughs> it's dangerous. 
he puts all of his you can see muscle fibers into i can hear muscle fibers it's like rope twisting he's a very vascular man he has lots of vascular veins but also i just want to thank the audience for consuming this podcast and you can share you know we mentioned the credentials earlier get a hold of us let us know what you're consuming besides this the greatest alliterative podcast in the universe Alliterative, not illiterative. That's what I said. We I know how to read. Illiterate. Well, yeah. Maybe. It's also the greatest illiterate podcast. <laughs> the greatest illiterate podcast in the history. That's a good point. And if you want to reach out to us, you can catch us on the socials, Twitter, Insta. Do we have an Instagram? We do. Do we use it? Uh, we do uh, rarely. All these things are like, they're not intense. But you can get a hold of us at Bros Bibles Beer, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and Bros Bibles Beer at gmail.com. Oh, and shout out to Stephanie Howarth. I was looking at the actual website, which is not up to date because who cares about websites? Right. But I noticed a cut there was a couple two thousand five called. There's a couple comments left by uh, Stephanie Howarth on really old episodes that kind of flew under the radar that probably deserve to be mentioned, but they're on really old episodes. Was I not on them? I don't care. Yeah, you weren't. (laughs) It was before we made this podcast great again. (laughs) B.A. Before Andy. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Grace, peace, cheers from me to Scott. Uh, Jeff, do you want to sound us out? Send us out? I don't know how the hell am I sending this out. Sort us out. Thanks for sort us out. Sound it out, Jeff. Sound it out. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Hanging out, bros. We appreciate you. Excited you're here, and we're glad that you. We just hope you come back next week. Peace out, bitches. I'm out.